Hey, welcome to the inaugural Glad You're Here podcast. Not our first show, as we've been a radio show for about a year now, but it is our first podcast. So the one that I decided to open things with was our Turn, Turn, Turn interview from January 30th of 2023. And also, let me note, I'm recording into my computer's microphone right now because my normal mic is kind of on the fritz and it sounds even worse than this. So that's why this part of the podcast sounds like shit. But I promise the interview, we use quality microphones, and so that will sound better. And I will try and get through this little spiel as quick as I possibly can to get you right to the good-sounding stuff and the stuff that matters. Long story short, Glad You're Here has been a radio show on happyproductions.live for about a year, and we are now launching as a podcast. Really excited about it and excited to be launching with this interview with Turn, 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 which is a local Minneapolis band that has been a rising star, and Adam Levy actually used to be in the Honey Dogs. Savannah Smith is a singer-songwriter in her own right, and then Barb Brinstad is also in the group, and they are kind of a super group in their own right, doing a lot of cool things around town, released a really cool new record called New Rays from an Old Son. Would recommend checking that out and catching them at a show if you can. And I just thought this interview was really great. It was great talking to them and kind of bouncing ideas off the three of them. And then they also played live in the studio, and we got a chance to catch that during the conversation as well. So I think there's probably four or five songs that they played throughout this, all of them excellent. And yeah, if you like what you're hearing, you can go like the Facebook page for Glad You're Here. It's gonna be facebook.com slash glad you're here radio show. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Grant Glad Music. That's where I'll be posting any shows that I'm playing, any music things that I have going on and things of that nature, and also talking about the show as well. So with that said, I'm coming in just under minutes, uh, under two minutes on this shitty microphone. I'm gonna let her rip. Go enjoy the interview with Turn, 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 and thank you so much for tuning in to Glad You're Here. You guys can play all you want. Welcome back to Glad You're Here in Happy Productions.live. We are live with Turn, 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 which is Barb, Adam, and Savannah. How is everybody doing tonight? Awesome. Great. Yeah? yeah? Ship, top ship shape. <laughs> well, thanks thanks for making the truck up here. Adam just wrote a song off the air, and I think this is like Nashville rules where I get a credit just for being in the room. Is of that, course. That's how this works? Yeah, cool. A big thank you on the record. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, speaking of records, you guys have been very busy, so we really appreciate you making the time to come up here. Just released New Rays from an Old Sun on Friday? Last Friday? That was a street date. Yep. So we had a release party on the week before. The week before. Got it. Which was at the Dakota, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very cool. Well, I am excited to chat with all of you. The record is very cool. It's very interesting. You guys created some cool harmonies. I mean, it's kind of in your name, right? Turn, turn, turn. You, you go into it. You know there's going to be some beautiful harmonies on there. But you did it. <laughs> You've been doing it. When did, when did Turn, Turn, Turn start? What's the history of the band? Um, we started like four years ago. We started as a, a band. Somebody was, asked me to put something together for a brewery. Like, hey, could you do like a singer-songwriter thing, but like covers of older country? And I'm like, okay, country. And then like, could we do like 60s and 70s singer-songwriter stuff? They're like, yeah, anything. It'll sound great. So I thought, well, everything I do, almost everything, my original stuff is usually with men's voices. And I just thought it would be really fun to do something that was mostly women's voices you know and um and so we did this one show with barb and my daughter was actually playing the first show um and then 
she only played one more show with us. We did these a couple of these cover shows, and I was like, that's pretty fun. We should keep doing it. My daughter couldn't do it, and I was trying to think who would be really good for this, and I remembered uh, a really great songwriter from Eau Claire that I had crossed paths with years before, Savannah Smith, and so I sort of like said, Barb, I, I think I know somebody who's really good, a good idea. Let's see if this person's interested. We reached out to Savannah, and she said no. But... <laughs> No, Savannah was pretty much in, and we uh, we were just watching video footage of our first rehearsal, right? Mm -hmm. And it was pretty fun, you know, like remembering back. It feels like we've done a, a ton of work since then, and there was no expectations that first time we got together to play, but you could just tell by how we were feeling about the fact that, wow, these three voices sound really good together. We've never sung bef together before, and... Mm -hmm. um, it was just really, you could see the joy of what we were doing. And um, we did a bunch of these cover shows and eventually we sort of ran out of covers and and Savannah played a, an original and the audience loved it. And uh, I think like lights went off in our head, like maybe we should try to do some original music and the rest is history. It was a good decision. Thank you made the right call. Thank you. Yes, we're, we're pretty pleased. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You guys, are, you guys are putting out cool stuff. So... How does a how does a turn 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 song usually come about? Like where everybody, I mean, everyone's a songwriter in the band, right? So yep. how do you how do you make it a turn 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 song and not an Adam Levy song or a Savannah Smith song That's or a, a Barb song? Question with a complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like we're all such different songwriters too. We have, yeah, we have really we get different, different processes. Yeah. I think different and processes. Honestly, we're just still trying to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. quite yeah. honestly, um, you know, Adam and Savannah have been solo artists for a long time, so they have their own process that helps get them over the finish line and um, I think my process is maybe the most different. I tend to um, want to send rough ideas and get feedback right away and then collaborate and work on it and work on it and work on it. So I think these guys like to kind of go into their corners finish something. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then, then present something. So um, we're, we're just, honestly we're still kind of figuring it out I think yeah I mean the, during the pandemic we were throwing stuff to each other and mm -hmm. um, one song in particular the opening tune on the on the record Stranger in a Strange Land is a song where you know Barb had a pretty solid idea of a song and threw it my way and said I don't know you know see what you think and I sort of messed around with it and did some things that I thought were cool and when I gave it back to her I was kind of cringing like I don't think she's going to like this at all you were super nervous and I, I know was. you spent a lot of t hours like but I would have been fine it. if you didn't like it but right. I was so surprised by the reaction like it. yeah she really liked it so wow. like that to me bodes well for the future of doing stuff I think we all like you know we like each other as people and as musicians and there's a sort of like a respect for our aesthetics we li all listen to different stuff and we all bring different stuff to the table so like when i write a song sometimes i've got definite ideas about what people are doing um and a lot of times those will get changed by those guys and it always sounds better in the process you know for sure so, i mean you get to bounce it off three heads instead of one mm -hmm. right? that's true yeah that's the whole the the whole benefit there and get to kind of plug it into the band and turn turn turnify it <laughs> well do you gotta do you guys want to show the people what we're talking about maybe play a song for them show them what this might sound like sure. let's do it all right one two three four 
stop thinking about you Life still goes on without you Why do you, do you stay on my mind? I fear I'm losing mine again There's nothing that doesn't remind me Memory lanes where you find me
dopamine blues, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, so who who was the originator of that one? Um, that's kind of a me song. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just getting over uh, someone. It's one of those uh, grieving grieving an ex lover. I can't seem to get over him no matter how hard I try. Kind of ta- song. For sure, and uh, and then you made it a happy song. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's sort of my. If I had to point to one thing that's like an Adam Levy trait, it's it's in my songs. I I like to talk about heavier stuff, but it's no fun if it's really depressing musically. So you know, talk about something that's got some weight to it, but do it in a way that like hooks people in musically. Yeah, but hooks them in and isn't. Uh, cheesy in any way, which is one of the things that I find tough about like happier, more upbeat sounding songs is to get them executed and send them out to the world and be like, this isn't cheesy at all, which I mean, you obviously accomplished there because it's great. So Thank kudos. You. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't need me to tell you it's good. You guys, you guys know. Oh, it helps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. Always nice to we'll hear. never turn our back yeah, on, a on a compliment. I will. I don't know how to take them. Every, every time someone tells me something nice, I run away. Uh, well, so that's incredible, and that's on the new record, New Rays from an Old Son, which you guys just put out. What was kind of the uh, the recording process for this one, given, did you run into like COVID things at all, or when when did you record it? Yeah, I mean, the record is a COVID record, pretty much. It's a pandemic record in spite of the pandemic. You know, how do you work around all the limitations? Like, it was hard to get people together. It was hard. You know, we were just like constantly, is it a good idea to record together? Some of us were sick, so it just sort of prevented us from tracking. Um, So it felt like the times when we were able to track were really precious and um, productive. You know, the the days when I look back at like how many calendar days we actually recorded it's not a huge number of days you know like the record was recorded but it was like maybe it might take a month to get somebody to come and do vocals on something or get Barb to play bass and we just we took our time with it we didn't know when it was going to come out Um, there was a sense you know I felt like writing the songs Every time I'd write something, I was excited, like, let's get together, let's flesh this thing out, let's do it. So there was an urgency in my mind about it, but I also knew in the back of my head, who the hell knows when this thing's going to see the light of day, and you just kind of do your thing. But, I mean, I think we were we were all amped from the response to the first record, so we were thinking, like, we can beat this, and I think we've got some really good things to say, and the band's evolved, you know, from a lot of playing together. Um, and so it was... You know, I mean, it was a painful time in a lot of ways. Everybody, all of us were suffering at different levels, and it was not a really pleasant time. But I will say, from my point of view, it was a really creative time, in spite of all the crazy political stuff that was going on and the people dying from the pandemic. You know, we were all thinking this was sort of like the new normal, and it was really depressing. But I was still, in spite of that, I would say it was probably one of the most creative and musically fertile periods in my entire life as a as a songwriter over a 25 year period that's and and we were i mean we were playing sort of intermittently because you know the pandemic was um the different waves were coming and going and like all performers we were going okay and you know and then the vaccine came along and there was sort of a period where everybody was going out and playing and then we'd retreat again and it was that whole up and down 
Um, so we would record when we could, you know. Um, it, it, we're all trying to find this sense of normalcy during this time. Like, when do we go back to normal and pick up our routines and then fit this in? And then, well, are we going to play this gig or not play the gig? Yeah. But Adam, I will I'll say, um, Savannah and I would both agree that he was super creative during oh this gosh. time. Wait, how many songs? I think getting, he, like, just kept, songs he just kept he just kept sending sending yeah. us. Yeah, we could have we were gonna do a double album. Yeah, and we could have Adam wanted yeah. to do a double album, and we talked and him out of good. it. And it's not because the songs weren't all good enough to be on the album, but we just decided we wanted to work with um, 11 or 12 songs and then we've got enough for another album so there you go and then you get to split it up a little bit yeah yeah and that's that's super interesting Adam that you were really creative during that period because I feel like a lot of artists went one or two ways they went your way <laughs> yeah. really yes. creative I went the opposite way yeah. <laughs> I, I choked and I froze and I didn't do a single thing yeah. musically <laughs> and I, don't, I don't think there's a wrong thing to do right. it's just how you react to the world totally being a catastrophe, right? So that makes me kind of curious because you both probably have a bit of a different process. I know we touched on this a little bit, but Mm -hmm. like... What, what I've noticed with people, the, the ones that like froze are the ones that need like external stimuli to for the creative process. And the people that didn't are the ones that don't necessarily need, not that you don't need external stimuli, but there's a lot of internal things that you're able to kind of communicate. Does that make that's, sense? That's interesting. And I, I, maybe I'm an exception. Because, or I'm just wrong. If you can tell me or, I'm wrong. I, Grant, I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we've talked about this before where when I may, and maybe it's the discipline aspect, but I, I really have to like lock myself in some, like just short of a closet to write a song because I'm overstimulated constantly. <laughs> and so maybe, I don't know, maybe it's cause I felt, you know, isolated as normal that I couldn't, I don't know what, how do you get more isolated than not seeing anybody during the day? Yeah. Right. I don't know. It just, it wasn't my time. It wasn't. <laughs> well, you also had a business. Yeah, you were, you were also you trying to run your launched business. Uh, yes. recently a, a vintage clothing store, which took a hell of a lot of energy. Yeah. To, it did, yeah. There was, there was a lot going on in Savannah land at that time, but definitely, a, I think a, I was productive, but not necessarily creative. That that makes sense. Right? Well, yeah. We can, and, we can agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> but it all... All's well that ends well because so true. you're able to put a new record out. So you're yeah. able to still still make that happen. Before you guys play another song, um, where can people find the new album? Where where are all the things they can find? Turn, turn, turn. I can answer that. So I just updated our website. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to our website, turn, 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 mpls.com, and you click on the listen link, it lists out all of the record stores in the Twin Cities. We're going to send Savannah home to Eau Claire with some records and CDs tonight. Go to Revival um, Records, So they'll be right? in Eau Claire. Yeah. <laughs> you can find us on all streaming services, uh, including Spotify and Apple Music and a million other ones, anything um, related to streaming. And then we also have a Bandcamp page. Ooh. So you can order merchandise, uh, vinyl or CDs, all of the albums, or you can buy a digital download there, too. And, and you can buy it in all the record stores in the yeah. Twin Cities, but I always tell people, go to your local record store, whatever part of the country, and tell them about this record and, you know, see if they'll order it. I 
to me, one of the coolest ways of people getting music is through that old-fashioned way of going into a store and buying our record along with a bunch of other really cool stuff and just being a part of that mix that uh, has unfortunately gone a little bit by the wayside in the in the modern world. And we do have... I don't know if we mentioned this vinyl and CDs. Oh, so you went, yeah, you did, did a both. We did that with both with the last album. People love the vinyl. Yeah, it it just looks better than a CD, you know. Like especially, I think it was important for us to have really cool images and cool art and cool colors and something that people can hold and look and read and all of that kind of stuff. And you know, I just. I don't know if I'm ever going to make music and not make vinyl out of it just because I think that's such a cool way to listen to music. I, I think you're right. And for anyone out there at home, the album cover is beautiful too. Like this is really cool. And it's one of those, kind of to your point, and it, it makes a lot of sense uh, putting the pieces together now. It's one of those records that I would see in a record store and be like, hmm, I want to listen to that. You know, without, if I didn't know anything. Like it's, it's got that cool, draws you in, and it, it shows you kind of what you sound like too in, a, in an interesting way like you, you you check that box so it's definitely cool and to to Adam's point go pick it up from a record store or get it from Bandcamp but there is something about popping into like Revival Records in Eau Claire and being able to grab the record off the shelf take it home have that experience and that ritual people have heard enough of me talking do you guys want to play a song? sure <laughs> yeah about, uh, seven kids sure sure one two three four Change it feels so familiar, but damn, it feels. 
see it tomorrow? Can I see it tomorrow? Will it be a tomorrow? Will it be a tomorrow? Yeah, where I, I mean I gotta ask after everyone now. Where did who who originated that one? Adam again? Yeah, no, literally. I mean, he was like, we could have a whole double album of his music. Yeah, <laughs> we couldn't keep up with him. <laughs> that's that's fun. Some it's it's good to have that. It's a good problem to have. But see, you didn't know who wrote it. We could have said it wasn't me. That's true. I I didn't know. I I, I can't. I feel like their voices uh, make it sound like they wrote it. Frankly, yeah, it, it feels it feels like it wouldn't have been the same song if I was just singing those melodies. So it just gives it a whole feel. It's almost like we each wrote a verse on that song or something. And that was sort of the intent. Like it's like each verse is a story unto itself of just somebody kind of observing what's going on in the world right now. For for sure. And in was that one on the new record, or is that on an older yeah, record? Yeah, that's, that is... that's on the new record. Okay. Yep. And we will play something maybe next that's from the first record, too. Yeah, well, we might uh, we might have just the amount of time for that, because we got we got about four minutes before I got to take a break and thank some sponsors. Do you guys do you guys want to play another one before we take a breather? What do you if, think? Yeah, uh, 14. Oh. Yeah? Sounds that's, good. Yeah, this one's from the first record. Yeah, I love it. This is a not a me song, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ready? Yeah. 
Take a break and thanks from sponsors, mostly so that I can go cry. We'll be right back. I'm glad you're here at happyproductions.live. Glad you're here. Psst. Hey, hey, have you heard of that new club? Oh. Oh, no, that sounds super dangerous. No, it's the Happy Productions Coffee Club. Yeah, you just go to happyproductions.live, choose a coffee plan, and then coffee is delivered to your house monthly. Super easy, one and done sign up, and then you're set for life. Happyproductions.live. Oh, and you should probably call your mom. 
For years now, you've been hearing John at Monarch Flooring ask you about your floors and whether or not you love them. I'm hoping that every time you hear his commercial, you say to yourself, I do love my floors. Thanks for asking, John. But for those of you that cringe a little because you don't love your floors and John keeps reminding you of it, there's hope. Monarch Flooring can match or beat most big box prices, and I guarantee his customer service and craftsmanship is far superior to theirs. If you don't love the flooring in your home or business, call John at Monarch Flooring. Estimates are always free, and there are no obligations or hard sales. Monarch Flooring, 651-674-4300. That's 651-674-4300. Monarch Flooring, they've got you covered. This is Dave Marine from the Rock Garage reminding everybody to tune in Wednesday nights from 6 to 10 for the Happy Trucker Show. Yeah, he says he plays songs that don't suck. I've listened in. They don't suck. Huh, the Happy Trucker's usually not right about much. Weird. Welcome back to Glad You're Here and Happy Productions.live. And we are live with Turn, Turn, Turn as... Adam is giving demonstrations on. I, I'm not sure what he was. How to clap? How to clap? No, no, that was pretty. I was doing my the taekwondo. Yeah. Oh, no, oh we, yeah. It was. Yeah, it was a taekwondo demonstration. Showing off his it was high kick. Concerning. <laughs> it was concerning. <laughs> it was. I was. I was. I was worried. I. I am not. I've been coming to this taekwondo studio for almost a year now. Have not gotten good at it, and not any better. <laughs> You'd think at some point I'd pick it up through osmosis or whatever, but nothing. So <laughs> before we left for, for my cry break there, we, uh, we heard 14 by Turn, 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 which I learned over the break was a Savannah song. So I'm not going to ask you what that song is about, but what I do want to know is where did that song come from? Where did it... That song came from panic, sheer panic. Oh. Yeah, it was, it's... Uh, so... I think I was really shy. First record, I was really shy to share songs with Barb and Adam. More, maybe intimidated. I don't know. Anyway, we were we were leaving for the studio, and I had I had the chorus for fourteen for probably probably two months without words, just the melody, and it hit me the night before that unless I wrote a song. I wasn't going to have a song on the first record and and nothing motivates me like missing out. (laughs) (laughs) So I was living in this, I was renting a room in Minneapolis and I had five roommates and I just, I was confined to this teeny little pre-furnished room and I brought five books with me and one was a Rod McEwen uh, book, um, Stanion Street and Other Sorrows. And I was like flipping through it, and I'm like, okay, come on, inspiration, do so, give me something. And and I landed on his poem, 14, and I read it, and I kind of took the emotion that I felt from it and wrote my song, 14. So it's, I wouldn't say it's inspired by the words of that poem, but more so the feeling I got from that poem, if that makes sense. Anyway, so I finished it at like. Seven o'clock in the morning, and I think I left for the studio at probably eight thirty. So <laughs> it was, it was last minute. <laughs> That's how it's done. It was an hour and a half old by the time oh, it got cut. It was, it bar- yeah, it was, it was fresh. But I, I got responses back right away. I, I sent it, and then I chucked my phone, and I'm like. <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah. I'm just going to get ready to go, and if they text it, I'll read it on the way up. It's too late. 
no going back. <laughs> this is it. This is the Savannah song yep, like in the yep. first record. Uh, when when did that first record come out? When was that released? 2020. 2020. 2020. So you guys have had like two pandemic records now. Yeah, right. well, the first one wasn't recorded during the pandemic, but it, well, you're true. I mean, it. Um, so in March of that year, we had... We're planning on releasing it. We're talking about venues. I got all my friends and family to commit to showing, coming up to the release party. And, um, and then we didn't know what to do. We really, nobody knew what to do, though. I mean, as you, if you remember, people were wondering, they're like delaying concerts for four months. <laughs> Two, Which two is weeks. laughable now. Right. I just heard on the radio earlier today that they shut down the COVID testing stations, I think, at MSP Airport and oh. a couple other places. So that's kind of a good sign. Yeah. But everyone thought nobody knew what to do with this. Yeah. So had no idea for mm-hmm. a while. I mean, like like you said earlier, we thought we were out of the woods, and then we got pulled kind of right back in over and over. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It was the, a roller coaster, but we decided to release it anyway because we didn't know when it was going to be over and um but we as we told you you know when we first arrived today didn't have a release party um didn't do a lot of the things that you normally do when you release a record mm-hmm. for for sure and now but now things are kind of opening up it feels like we're on the other side now like you said they've, they've closed down some testing things regardless of of how anybody feels about covid one way or the other it's just it's kind of nice that we can do things together mm-hmm. again right I, sure. I think Definitely. everybody agrees on that yeah regardless of whatever you don't agree on or agree <laughs> beyond that so with that said do you guys have more shows coming up beyond the release show you just did <laughs> that people can uh, kind of go check out yeah we have uh one coming up, we're doing Big Turn in, oh, at the fun. end of February. We pumped the brakes a little bit. You know, we're kind of in a tricky situation where one bandmate lives <laughs> an hour and a half away. <laughs> um, so I've had some pretty hairy drives back and forth to Minneapolis, and we, we kind of decided, like, I I am also a people pleaser, and so when I have to be the one that says I can't do it, it it's hard. So we decided to, to just pull back a little bit. We're doing Big Turn because we uh, the first year we played it, it was amazing. We had such a good experience, and we're really looking forward to this year. Um, also, what else do we have So, booked? yes, so I know this because I just updated the website. So, that, again, that's where you can go, yeah. and I just added another show. So we've got... We're going to actually be playing regionally, um, not in town very much at all this spring. We're going to be in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Ironwood, Michigan. Can't remember the name of the town in Wisconsin. We've also Eau got Claire as well. Hayward, Eau Claire, Hayward, Hayward at the park. Hayward, and then we've got the Aiken at the Ripple Center in March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so we're actually playing. It out out of the mm-hmm. Twin Cities. I don't know when our next in-town date is. Maybe crooners in the yeah. summer. And we're booking a bunch of summer stuff now. We're kind of locking in dates. So I would just say if somebody is interested in the band and seeing when we're playing, the website will be the most up-to-date way to kind of find out about stuff week to week. Yeah, and you can subscribe to the website. So when you do, you get a notification about the shows that we're playing when we add a new one. Yeah. I I love it. That that dovetails into my my other question that I have. I have one scripted question that I ask everybody when they come on the show. Everything else is just kind of by the seat of my pants, as you guys can see. Um, but this is the this is the one scripted question I got because a band like you, turn turn turn, you all could be doing this 
anywhere in the country. I mean, realistically, like turn, turn, turn could be in Nashville, you could be in New York, you could be in LA. Um, so what I'm curious about is why you all choose to do it in Minneapolis and Eau Claire. And I don't mean that as a prerogative against Minneapolis or Eau Claire. It's just like, what about the scene attracts you and kind of keeps you all here? What is, what is it you love about it? Definitely the weather. <laughs> <laughs> love winter time. <laughs> you had to ask us on the coldest week right. of the winter. <laughs> Oh. I, mean, I, got, I, like I got kids you know oh, my yeah. kids are in college in this area and I want to be as close as them I can't I want to be as close to them as I can be um I just I feel like Minneapolis and St. Paul is my place you know like I feel at home there it's a great place to be there's a great supportive music scene I can't imagine living anywhere else and I have lived in a few other places but I always seem to come back to Minneapolis and St. Paul well, I haven't told these guys this, but I'm moving. No, <laughs> I, I actually, before this band started, I was going to move. Really? Um, yeah, I was. I sold my house. My daughter went off to college in Oregon, and I was just going to go somewhere warm. I had identified Nashville, Austin, Texas, I think um, San Francisco. Um, but then things happened. Things the universe didn't want me to do that. Things happened, and I ended up putting down e- even deeper roots here than before. So, mm-hmm. cool. well, we're grateful for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I ca- I, I, I kind of feel the same way too. I, I think in my early twenties, I was looking for a warmer place, and Barb, mm-hmm. you like ticked off the top three on my list too. <laughs> what has a good music scene <laughs> right. and is warm? Is warm. But then you know, I went to those cities, and I was like, yeah, it's nice to visit. Uh, I don't know. I love Eau Claire, and it's so close to Minneapolis that it it just it makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. I've you know family too, so yeah. For sure, and Eau Claire, Eau Claire has a special vibe to it. It does. It, it's yeah. Even before Justin Vernon made it cool, yeah, quote unquote. It was cool before. <laughs> yeah. A, yeah, it was. It was cool before Justin. Vernon. He has. Done, I will say he's done a lot for the city. I'm yeah. not. I'm definitely not a Boney Bear hater. There's. There's like Eau Claire goes one of two ways, but yeah, it's it's a special city. It's so beautiful. It's the right size for me personally. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's close to Madison, close enough to Milwaukee, close to Minneapolis. It's it's great. And we are very excited. We have not played there, have we? We did at the college. Oh, that's right, at and the college. Was, During the pandemic, it was a streaming show only, oh, yeah. so there was no audience. It was interesting. So it was interesting, the full band plays, but we're playing, I think, March 24th. We're opening for David Huckfelt at yeah, the, the um, Pablo Center. Pablo yeah. Center. It's supposed to be really beautiful. Have you been I've, in there? I've never stepped foot in there, even. Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be wow. pretty yeah. cla- a classy joint, as they say. Classy joint. <laughs> sure is. It's the trio. Just the, we call it the acoustic. This band expands and contracts yeah. depending on the venue and the, yeah. the time. Yeah, we're a big band now. We yeah. got banjo player. Seven pieces. Not me. We got like a guy who really plays banjo. We got a <laughs> pedal steel guy. Fun. We got a keyboard player. Backup dancer. Backup dancer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the band, like Barb says, you know, we I think that's one of the funnest ways to play but i also enjoy just being able to just do the songs and mm-hmm. kind of figure out a way to present the music so you can hear it real well yeah and and you had more people 
Well, I'm assuming, I'm guessing. You had more people play on the record as well to kind of flesh that out, right? Mm-hmm. So you're cons- was that something you were thinking about while you were recording of like, how do we, are we going to be able to recreate all of this live? Or was it just, you know, the studio is a different instrument than the live show. How did you kind of approach that? A little bit of both, you know. I think you sometimes, I've made records in the past. I had a band called The Honey Dogs and we'd spend a lot of time trying to figure out, oh, geez, like all these overdubs, what are we going to do? Who's going to do what? Um, and sometimes you just kind of say, well, that's the record, and now live, we're just going to sort of recreate ourselves. So yeah, there's efforts to duplicate some elements of the record that we feel real strongly about, but it's also really fun to kind of watch things evolve into into something else. And we did add the pedal steel and banjo player as a result of that, right? Because there was there was so much of that on the album. I think Adam was the one who said, "Hey, how about if we..." bring these guys in and we love them now we won't let them go <laughs> you, you, you've claimed them we poached them yes we did we, even though the other bands have claimed them too but we, we claim them the hardest yeah I mean we do, I will brag that we've got some of the best players in the city really playing mm-hmm. in this group Absolutely. which is really cool yeah that's fun. And those those damn auxiliary players and their other bands, right? <laughs> Including their own projects, <laughs> right? Yeah. What are they doing out there? I think they need to go make a living making music. Uh, well, all that said, while well, we got the Turn, Turn, Turn trio in the house, you want to play another one? Sure. I'm just loving this, mm-hmm. so this is good for me. <laughs> this one's called Hymn of the Hater. All right. Think they're nailed to, but they're just burning crosses. I seen them in the paper, and I heard them at the gates. Camouflaged in glory, they're prisoners of fate. Think they're sober as a judge, but they're just drunk on hate. Think they're sober as a judge, but they're just drunk on hate. The truth ain't blind now I got no time for fairy tales and cheats Blood on the streets The truth ain't blind now I got no time for fairy tales and cheats Blood on the streets Sunday night in Mobile 
Since the boat factory closed, no one can see. There's a plastic bag that's blowing in the winds of change. A drunken woman crying on the streets. I seen them in the papers and I heard them at the gates. The camouflage in glory, the prisoners of fate. great one do you do you do you hang on i know you wrote like 30 songs for the last record and some of them got cut and everyone claims that they were not bad do you write bad songs does it happen no and, he doesn't no 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 i mean i would say i tend to not that I he tend sends to, us anyway <laughs> they don't make the yeah. Yeah. third one there's things that i don't like more than others there's also part of me that feels like if i'm going to spend energy on something I'm going to want to make it something that I'm going to want to listen to. I'm not just going to want to make something for the sake of making it. Like, I want to, it sounds sort of vain, but like, I want to fall in love with my song at some level because I got to perform it again and again, you know? So you've got to figure out a way to dig your claws into it and say, this is something that was worth my time and something that's meaningful. Yeah. So when you're, when you're going down the path of something where it's not something you're excited about, do you, do you chuck it and then maybe like steal a line or a melody from it and then it kind of cannibalize it for your other stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there are a lot of things that are just sort of sitting in the garbage pile waiting for me to cannibalize them and create them into something and some things will never see the light of day <laughs> i want to hear the ones that don't see the light of day that's that's what i want to know what those what those sound like because i mean you wrote 25 plus songs to the last record everything on the record is great plus the stuff in the vault i mean you're going to be at prince numbers pretty soon it's not going to be it's not going to be long before that vault the turn 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 vault is just Overflowing. I mean, it already is. Well, but, I think that I think the the cool thing about the next record is we've been talking about it before we've started making it. So mm-hmm. it's it feels to me more like it's going to be a, a coordinated effort, mm-hmm. more of a kind of trio structured thing rather than a crazy guy sitting in his house in his pajamas <laughs> writing songs. You know, there'll be a little bit of that maybe, but the first when Adam first introduced the idea, I think I wrote five songs like 
immediately and that I, I write like a song a year yeah. I'm the slowest songwriter in the world so that was that's never happened I'm excited yeah I mean without <laughs> giving away kind of the direction that the band is going you know we kind of talked about what's something that's really meaningful to us and I think that's kind of energized us like listen mm-hmm. to this song yeah. I want to write something like that what do you think yeah. of this or here's an idea what do you think of this so I think I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one mm-hmm. yeah that's super cool and well, you've got to do the promotion for this one that you that you just put out, right? Which I'm guessing is going to be you got another six months of, of gigs and everything before you go even go into the studio for the next one. Like how how far out you think it's going to be? Are you going to do it quick? I don't know. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, when I feel the when the muse visits and I start writing, you know, I'll start doing stuff, and I'm certainly going to be on the the horn with these guys or texting. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, let's here's an idea. Let's write. Let's let's get something recorded. Come over to my house. Let's work on it. Mm-hmm. So my guess is between now and the end of summer, we'll have a few things that we've worked on, and maybe even like they'll slide into the live show or something mm-hmm. like that, just because they'll yeah. be really like fresh and exciting to us. Um, one thing about this last record was we sort of like learned how to play most of it in shows. Oh. And so when we played our release show, it was like all of a sudden there were three songs that were really hard to play live. We were just not super confident about them or they didn't feel like they were working, but we just spent like two rehearsals banging them out. And so now we can play the whole record, which I don't know if I can say that about anything else I played in my life, that I can play every song on this record. We can play this every song on it. Yeah, we started playing them live um, well before we recorded them, right? Yeah. It's funny because the first record was the complete opposite. Yeah. We, we everything came to culmination in the studio, and then now when we look back, there's vocal parts that are they've morphed so far mm-hmm. <laughs> live that it's like, different. what was I singing there? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, yeah, bass parts, bass or I'm sure parts. guitar parts. That was too. it was a completely. I we went into the studio. <laughs> And I, I remember Adam, you're like, don't worry, I'll coach you through it. Because we hadn't heard the songs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Adam gave us, I think, what a, a, a little bit before your rough draft ideas of the songs. but A lot of them were just vocal phone, messages, yeah, phone messages. Phone yeah. messages. And so, like, you know, we didn't, I didn't play the bass part on Savannah's song until in the studio. And for me, I'm not a, a, a session musician. So I was like, oh, man. <laughs> and it was like, there was some, for me, some really, uh, I mean, both times, to be honest with you, I, some scary moments. But well, don't um, you think listening back to 14, though, it's like one of the best songs on the record and that we were least acquainted with it? Yes. Yeah, I agree. I, and I do remember, I was going to point that out when after Savannah saying that right when we were laying that down and we heard the initial playbacks, we knew that was like a really special, special song. Yeah. The, gu- the guitar, I remember Adam's guitar solo. I was like, oh my God, I wrote a Tom Petty song. I did it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And that is, yeah, that's that's fun. There's, there was other, I, I can't, I'm blanking on their name, but it was a 90s band. They, I want to say like Counting Crows or something. I don't think that's who it was. They went, they went into rehearse for an album one time and they played a song once and they played it one time through and they're like, okay, don't ruin that by practice it anymore like we're just gonna go cut it in the record yeah. catch the fresh energy so much yeah. changes yeah yeah yeah. Yep. yeah i mean honestly like that's one of my favorite ways to do stuff with bands because i feel like at least the people i've surrounded myself with have really good instincts so like people the first things that you come up with often are the best i mean there's stuff you labor over it takes a while to figure it out but a lot of times like that freshness can be really cool mm. yeah that's 
Yeah, I that's think it's best not to over-prepare when you're recording. I've made that mistake. And, and it just, you come in with this one idea in your head, and then it just doesn't work, and then you're, you've painted yourself into a corner. So it's good to keep open-minded. Exactly, and you're not you're not as willing to be open-minded in that scenario because you're so committed to the baseline mm-hmm. or, or what yep. have you. Or you panic. Or you, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is all I know. <laughs> this, this is it. This is all I got. But then there's the other side of it. Like you said, you learned kind of the baselines for the songs the day of, and you kind of that pressure creates diamonds sometimes. Mm-hmm. You you get the freshness and the pressure, and something beautiful comes of it. Well, you're not going to believe this, guys, but we're coming up at the end of our time already, mm-hmm. right? Do we have time for one more song? Of course we do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We should do that. One more song from Turn, Turn, Turn. And while they're getting everything ready here, it's uh, turn, 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 MPLS.com is their website. You can go and follow them there. They're on all the socials, all the Spotify's, the Apple Music's, all of that good stuff. You can go listen to the new record, New Rays from an Old Sun, which after this, we're actually going to play in its entirety front to back. So we'll be listening to that together. So get your cocktail ready if you don't have one already. <laughs> and we'll be hanging out. But uh, here's Turn, 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 you know. Given, serenading us with one last song. What are we? What are we listening to here? Um, this is the first song on this CD and the streaming sequence. We we switched up the vinyl oh. sequence and the CD sequence a little bit, but this is the first song called "Stranger in a Strange Land." Love it. And I'm going to get on my high horse real quick while Savannah uh, tunes her guitar there. So, for anybody out there who wants to stream this record, streaming it is cool. However, uh, Turn, Turn, Turn won't tell you this, but Spotify doesn't pay them nearly enough the amount of blood, sweat, and tears that they poured into this thing. So the best way to support a local artist is to go to the show, buy some merch, or buy the record. It's okay to listen to it on Spotify or whatever, but the best thing to do is to buy the album after you listen to it and all of that good stuff. All right, you all can go take it away. Turn, turn, turn.
I love this job. Uh, thank you so much, Turn, 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 for coming up, chatting with us. Anything else you want to tell the people before we, we throw this record on? And Yeah, buy a record, come to a show. <laughs> Follow, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, very important. Follow us on Facebook and yep. Instagram. And look for all those really nice reviews that keep coming out. We're talking about the band, which has been really flattering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they will they will keep coming. I wish you all nothing but the best. Good luck with the regional tour. Have fun down at Big Turn. Thank you. And yeah, excited to excited to see where where things go for for turn turn turn. Thank you very much for coming up. We're gonna take a second, thank some sponsors, and when we come back. We're listening to New Rays from an Old Sun, front to back. Thank you, Grant. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> you're listening to Glad You're Here and Happy Productions Live. <laughs> 